Sound familiar? I mean, y'all got all these fancy electronics and y'all got stuff that plays you lullabies for alarms today. Wakes you up real nice and easy and gives you seagulls and the ocean waves. and That's what I was used to. It was an alarm that many of us, how many of you are procrastinators? Every time your alarm goes off, you smack that thing and <laughs> hit it for snooze for five minutes. You hit it for snooze for ten minutes. and You know, God is not looking for procrastinating Christians. God is looking for those that hear the alarm and awaken and go about their day, go about their time, go about their life doing that which he's called them to do. How many of you have ever sat back and go, man, I probably should have talked to that person or I probably should have done this or I probably should have done and we didn't do just for nothing else just because we chose to put it off. It wasn't because of a dire emergency or we just chose at that point in time that wasn't the most important item on our to-do list for the day or at least for that moment. And I believe that we've all been there. The unfortunate thing that I find today is that I believe that the majority of the churches find themselves there today. They will awaken tomorrow and go, we probably should have. They'll awaken next month and go, man, we should have. I knew that we should have done God is sending out an alarm to the church to wake us up, get us about our day. Now you have a choice. You get to smack that alarm and put it on snooze and go about your life until it goes again. And I pray that he'll give you another shot and that the alarm will once again ring. But I pray that this time you don't give it a smack and put it back on snooze due to your life, your circumstances, your situation, or your priorities. Because if you haven't realized that when you call on God as a sinner and you ask God into your life, you then move into sonship. He then becomes Lord of your life. He then becomes your father, your teacher, your God, your instructor, your peacekeeper, your moderator. 
Our priorities should never decrease Him in who He is in our life. Ever. The unfortunate side of that coin is the probabilities of that happen are extremely high. We've been in a series on a letter to the seven churches. And we're continuing this morning and we're going to go over the church of Sardis. Sardis is a church that has been found to be sleeping or dead. Jesus tells John that this is the words that I want you to write to the church. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to Revelation chapter 3. We'll start at verse 1 and I'm going to read through 6 and and I'll see if we're going to stay on notes or go elsewhere. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, I want you to write this letter. This is the message from the one who has the, seven so, the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. Wake up! Strengthen what little remains. For even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly and unexpected as a thief. Yet there's some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They walk with me in white, for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life. But I will announce before my Father and His angels that they are mine. Anyone who has an ear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He's saying to the churches. Once again, we find Jesus making it known to the church in whom he's writing this letter to, or whom John is writing this letter to. Jesus wants to ensure that they know 
who it is that has dictated this letter. He goes on to say that he's the one that has the seven spirits of God. Now we're, everybody kind of pumped their brakes and I shook my head a couple times when I've read this in past, but we go, well, wait a minute, there's only one Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit, right? Well, if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to go ahead and take you to Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 11, and we'll go to verse 2. This really isn't speaking of when he is talking about the seven spirits of God. This isn't really trying to explain that there are seven separate spirits of God with him, but this is more of a, uh, I guess you could say this is a, uh, it is an opportunity for Jesus to show that he is complete in God. Seven, seven spirits God encompasses all of these spirits, and we'll read here, the Spirit of the Lord is one, that would be the Holy Spirit, shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom, that's number two, the Spirit of understanding, number three, the Spirit of counsel, number four, the Spirit of might, number five, the Spirit of knowledge, number six, and the Spirit of fear of the Lord. Number seven, Jesus is telling this, this audience, this church, that I am the one that is complete. I, I have fulfilled, I have all of what God is, is me. I am the one dictating this letter to you. So don't get it wrong. Don't get mistaken. Don't be looking for this person or that person that only brings this thing or that thing, but I am the one that brings all things together. I'm, I am complete. He goes on to talk about the seven stars that he holds in his hand. And remember, Jesus is very, Jesus is very, uh, I don't want to say the word articulate that, that, that he is, but I'm, I, don't, I don't think I'm looking for that word to explain what I'm talking about right here, but Jesus is very quick to pull what they recognize and what they know and replaces that with him to show them that it's he is the one that they should be following. He is the one that they should be looking to. He is the one they should be listening to. And if you look back, there was an emperor back in the time of Roman's rule and uh, I'll probably get his name wrong if I don't look for it. Domitian. Emperor Domitian. When he was in rule, his young, his, his little son, his infant son died. And he had his infant son placed on the back of a coin setting on top of a globe. And over top of the sun's head and around about the sun was seven stars. A lot of philosophers and theologians and all these other people that are, you know, they, <laughs> they say that maybe this was, a, this was an opportunity to show that he was ruler. He was conqueror of the world. And there, there was something about it that caused him to, to come into a place of deity. 
And he was letting the people know he's the ruler, he's the conqueror. And Jesus comes and presents himself the one holding the seven stars in his hand. I am he. I'm the ruler. I'm God. I'm king. I'm the conqueror. So once again, we find Jesus presenting himself very clear to let everybody know that, look, I know what you've seen. I know what you're used to, but I'm here to tell you I am the one. He goes on to talk about, and this is one of the churches that, man, they don't get any pat on the back. He goes straight into what their problem is. The other churches we've seen, man, he went on to tell them how they were holding to the faith and how they was doing this and how they were doing it. And then he would say, but however, I mean, he would come in and, and then he would, he would just swallow them up in his grace and his love and get them all worked up and lathered up. And then he would come and tell them what he thought they should be working on. But in this case, he goes straight to the matter. And he says, I know your works, that you have a name, you have a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. I wonder how many of us have worked for some time to build up a reputation of our own. See, I tell my kids and others, all you have is your name. When, when, you, when you talk to someone, when you're dealing with someone and you're doing something for someone, you, you take on a contract with someone, all you have is your name. If you don't fulfill, if you don't accomplish, if you don't go through, follow through, do what you say that you're going to, your name probably won't mean much. Matter of fact, it would probably bring on a reputation in such a manner that no one else would want to do any other type of dealings with you. I wonder how many of us have worked so hard in our life to build a reputation for ourselves. And it's not, it's not a bad thing to, to try to make a reputation for yourself that, 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 that people might look upon you as a, as a good person. I mean, there, there are Christians that, that man, they, when they first got saved, they was on fire for Jesus. You couldn't shut them up. They were so much on fire, they would come back to you. Man, they would present scripture to you and go, man, do you know that Jesus turned water into wine? That's awesome. And they would get all fired up about it and you would go, man, he's, he was pretty bad, wasn't he? 
Man, did you know that Jesus, he walked on the water? I mean, they, they're, they come back, man, and, and they begin to remind you of the thing that used to get you excited. Pastor, where are you going with this? You have a reputation. Oh, you go to church every Sunday. You dress nice every Sunday. I mean, the purple shoes and all matching. Dude, it kills me, man. But we make a reputation for ourselves. Man, when we first started, people was like, man, you can't never get that guy to show. Man, I remember when JT wouldn't be quiet about Jesus. I remember when JT would call me all hours of the night talking about what God's done in his life, talking to me about how God has showed up. I remember when that JT, and we find ourselves living on a reputation instead of building on what's to be. How many of us live on what was in our life? Remember what God used to do? Man, we talk about it. See, there are some people, man, that still live, still live on their testimony. They li- now listen, hear me out, okay? Hear me out with this. This is, like, this is like having a car full of gas. Man, when it's got fuel in it and it's running, it's got horsepower, it's got gumption, it'll get you uphills, it'll get you downhills, it'll get you on flat ground. It'll go and go and as long as you hit that little thing on the floor, man, that thing will rev up and take off and be gone. And it'll keep going and pull you anywhere you want to go. But if you don't stop and refuel, that car then becomes empty. And when it becomes empty, oh, you can get smart and you can outwit it. Come on, Christian, I want you to listen to me this morning. Because you can outwit some people and you can cause that thing to get you to the top of the hill. And then when the gas shuts off and the motor stops running, you throw that bad boy in neutral. And you use the momentum that you already have to get you down the hill. And as you continue to glide along, it appears as if, man, you are still moving with fuel but there's going to come a time when that car comes to a stop and it no longer will move until you put the fuel back in it and that's what we as Christians have become. We are setting and we have the appearance of having the power of the Holy Spirit that drives us but yet we deny everything else about it. We don't refuel ourselves. We live on a reputation that we built up and we do not go for what's to be God said to the church in Sardis you're dead oh you've got the reputation you've got the appearance of a Christian you look like it on the outside
Do you know faith? Faith is what fuels progress. Faith is what builds you. The Bible says that he wants to take us from faith to faith and glory to glory. We're, we're to move from one dimension or one level to another dimension or another level. We're not to stay and maintain. If you stay and maintain. But what we will do, we will live off of what God has done in our life and call, and call that, we call that to be our faith. The Bible actually says that if you've already seen it, you don't even need faith anymore. You don't. What are you hoping for something you already seen? We don't. What God has done for you in the past is only to be the fuel to take you to where. What's happened, church? See, y'all, y'all, y'all want me to, to go and, and get in this thing and dissect this thing and, and pull apart words and give you the Hebrew in the, in the masculine sense and the Hebrew in the, in the female sense. You, you, you want me to break it down gender-wise for you and open it up for you and show you what God did here. But what has God done in your life now? Educating you about what he done, you shouldn't put your faith on that because he's already done that. That's just your fuel to say, because huh, he said, I'm no respecter of person. So what he's done in the past, he'll do in the future. Now you have faith to step out, knowing that he's already. He said, you've got the appearance. You've got the, man, you've went, you've done it. When you started this thing out, man, you was talking to people in the community. You, you wasn't taking no for an answer when you asked people to come to church with you. You said, look, man, I'll take you and I'll tell you what. Because you was being as gentle as a dove and wise as a serpent. And you said, I'll take you out for lunch afterwards if you go to church. And they said, okay. And they rolled up in church and uh-oh, something happened. The Spirit of God moved on their heart while the man of God was speaking into their lives. And that changed something in their life. And they became a Christian. They give their heart to God. And the next thing you know, they were out bringing people into church. But see, what you've done, you've allowed that reputation of what you started to be your life. That's what you're living on. Well, I got JT to come to church. Well, good for you. Anybody else? What we... He's telling the church to wake up. We let everything else in this world drive us. 
but we don't let God drive us. If God says something, we go, well, maybe that wasn't God. If you've got a hard time deciphering it, whether it's God's voice or somebody else's voice, may I suggest that you spend more time with him? It's not going to be, it's hard for me this morning. It's hard because we, we want all the goodies. We want the goodies. But we're not willing to put forth the effort to make them. We want the rewards, but we don't want to diligently seek Him. We're doing nothing to increase our development and our relationship with Christ. And that's where this church found itself. Oh, they still had the label of church. But they sat in a stupor. And you can't excite 75% of people in church by telling them about the goodness of God. They just look at you like, mm-hmm. You ain't living my life. You don't have this disease. And you don't have these financial troubles. And you don't. Can I tell you something? You. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Jane. Get up out your little pity party. Because you ain't going through anything that somebody else ain't already went through. Do you think you that special that God saved something up just for you? And said, here, you're going to be the only one. Come on, man. You're not the only one that struggles. But does your struggle minimize the fact that God is still God? Man, we have a hiccup. We stump our little baby toe. Next thing you know, we don't even want to come to church. It's more comfortable at home because then guess what? I feel like I got control then because I can turn you off or turn you on. If I'm sitting in church, can I give you a hint? If you watch it on Facebook, look, you, you can still come here because you can still get up and leave just as well as you could turn it off. Here's the problem. The problem is the guilt that comes behind it. See, you can act a fool behind the camera because can't nobody see you. But if everybody's seen you, then uh uh-oh, you may not be living up to the reputation that you have set for yourself. And everybody sees. Oh, don't be dismayed. Don't be crazy because the Bible says anything is done in the dark will be brought to light. So eventually, trust me, eventually... God is not mocked. Everything that a man sows, he's going to reap. You can fool me for a minute. 
maybe even a whole week. All we see, listen, if you really understood that the Bible is true and everything that comes out of it is pure, and it says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, I promise you, I know what's going on in your life and in your mind and in your marriage and in your home and in your job and in your life. I know it all by the time we've talked a little bit because this is coming out of here. I'll know where you're spending your time. I like the ones, man, that come in dressed white. Got the robe on and there's dragging. Look like the train, the train from Lebanon or something. They dragging that train in with them and they, they wrap that thing up around their feet when they sit in the office and sit and talk to you. And before it's over with, man, they sitting there in a G-string or something. Because everything they've been talking about and everything they've been portraying has just went out the door. And I'm sitting here going, well, what are you doing? You don't even look good in there. We've become comfortable in our past. And we're going to die in it if we do not wake up. Do you really think that all God has for you, he's already done? If you can honestly sit there and go, well, I think that I've done everything that God's asked me to do. Listen, let me tell you something. You still wouldn't be taking a breath. You know when God will take your breath? When you finish what he put you out here for. Pastor, people take their lives and people, I, I, I get you. I get you. I understand. But the moment that you think you got God's grace tag, buddy, it ain't happening. Because you don't know that if God's already used that person to talk to one person to show something, and he already knew, do you think God didn't know what was going to happen? God knew that Jesus was going to die on the cross before he even created the earth. And you think that he don't know whether or not. Come on, man. Y'all remember that donkey, right? That had to stop and talk to the man and tell him what was what? They ate that dude for baloney three days later. <laughs> it's not scripture. Don't go checking me. He said, I know what your reputation is. I know where you started. But that's not where you're at. He said, I want you to go back. I want you to remember. I want you to repent. I want you to get it right. We got to change some things in our life. I mean, the old adage is if you're not growing, you're dying. I wonder how many of us are dying. And we won't give 
trying to think of the guy's name. Forgot his name. He said two flips of a wooden nickel. I, but that we won't even give God that. We're setting in our complacency, and we're good. God's saying, move. You're saying, I'm tired. God's saying, move. I got stuff to do. God's saying, move. Well, not today. I got God saying, move. Now I'm hungry. Do you honestly believe that Christian people have got God as their priority? Do you, do you honestly believe that? I wish we had a church bus. If you want to give and donate to a church bus, bless you. <laughs> I wish we had a church bus. I put you in a church bus. We would take a, we would take a little field trip today. I have to get your mom and dad to sign off on a permission slip. But we'd take a field trip today. And I would take you by all the churches in Roanoke Valley. And then you can tell me at the end of our field trip if you believe that God has or that churches have God as their priority. Do you? Telling you, I sat with my head down this morning. I wanted to call you. So I cry on your shoulder so you could pet me over the phone. God, where did I go wrong? How in the world do I find myself sitting in a place as a pastor and going, God, I don't have you as priority. Do you? Oh, come on. Be. Throw yourself out there. I have to. Listen to me. Man, you, you're not going to fix anything in your life that you refuse to say that you got a problem with. Built on them reputation. They got a reputation of the marriage, man. They've been married for 30 years, but the last 10 years has been void. Oh, they still got their papers, but marriage is absent. Oh, they might not fight, but there's nothing happening. They're happily, man, they got the reputation. They such a loving couple. Such a loving couple. Where are we at as a church? Where are we at as a member of the church? Because I want to talk to you individually right now. Because your individual soul is what matters. Not what happens with this. Your soul is what matters to God. Where are you? Do you know, do you, well, you should know, but do you believe that God could, you could be so full of God that when you walk around people, they notice God in you? So if they notice God in you, they've recognized a goodness. And it's the goodness 
of God that draw people. What do people see in you? Trust me, man, you'll, you'll throw your actions out in the spotlight, boy. I've seen it. I mean, step right out in the spotlight and act a fool. And then step back in the darkness and call yourself a Christian. And Jesus said, see, I have to tell you that Jesus said, because if I tell you that I'm telling you, then you're going to just throw this up at me. But Jesus said, I know your works. You got a name that you're alive, but you did. You, you, have a, you have a name that you're saved. You tell everybody you're a Christian. Well, I always know when he's on it, because y'all, cause y'all, get, y'all get messed up in the head and in your heart, because then you start going, man, pastor. See, y'all, y'all messed up in your head and your heart today. You get all quiet. You don't even want to talk. You don't want to receive. This is why we won't change. Because we don't want anybody to hold us accountable. We don't want anybody pointing out responsibility. All we want to hear is the goodness of the Lord. Without the spanking. Because he says, I love you. But I'll wear that honey and out. That's what daddy says. I mean, that's my own translation. But he said, he chastens the ones that he loves. That's the King James, I think. Pick whatever version makes you feel comfortable. See, that's enough. Never mind. You've built a reputation. Your fault is that you're living off of a reputation. And your reputation is past tense. Your reputation is not what you do tomorrow. Your reputation is what you've done yesterday. We're living off a of yesteryear. When's the last time you've seen the Holy Spirit move in your life? Now, I mean move. I ain't talking about the chill because the AC's down. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit move in your life. And you knew that you knew that you knew. See, what he does for me today fuels me to allow him to do something tomorrow. It drives me there. It gets me there. It causes me to go, you done it yesterday, you'll do it again today. But when we don't want to, you'll do it again today, what we're doing, we're living off of back here. And we're comfortable back here. I remember once dealing drugs and the Lord delivered me from that. You know, I ain't doing it no more. Well, that's good. What you doing now? Well, you know. See, I ain't like most preachers. I'm not going to sit up here and go, how many people did you lead down the Romans road and lead them into salvation? And help them, have them pray this, pray that sinner's prayer. I ain't going to do that. 
Because can I tell you, you can't lead somebody to salvation. Scripture, only the Holy Spirit. I don't get mad, I don't care. Well, I will slap religion in the mouth. I don't care. You aren't going to lead nobody to salvation. The Holy Spirit is the only one that draws men unto salvation. Don't you know that's the only way that you can accept Christ? That's the only way that you get introduced to Jesus Christ is by the Holy Spirit? And I'm worried about making sure you stand up and come and stand before a congregation and repeat after me. And listen, I ain't the one trying to get you saved. You need to get you saved. You, cut, you do it. The Holy Spirit is way greater than we give him credit. If he can cause you to change your mind, he can tell you what to pray. He can give you the words. That, matter of Jesus told us, don't worry about what you say when you have to go into the courtrooms because whatever you say is going to be given to you by the Holy Spirit. If he can tell them, he can tell a sinner. Get mad. I don't, I don't get mad. We're saved. We go to church. We read a Bible every once in a while. But when it comes to walking in the newness of life, we ain't doing it. Do you think when you got saved, that was it? That was, the end of the, that was the end of the newness? There's something new for you every day because Jesus is this big. Man, Jesus can come in and wreck your life every day if you allow him. Every day. I mean, turn you upside down. Make, make your head turn into mush. Because he'll show you something you ain't never seen before. And he'll give you a little scripture. Jesus wept. And have you destroyed. We don't give him credit. Let's just walk out yesterday. I'm good with that. Let's walk out what it used to be. I'm good with that. He's not. He's talking to the church. He is talking to the church. He said it, not me. He said, your reputation isn't what you're doing. We won't change, no. We're doing nothing to increase the kingdom. We sit at home do our devotions. We'll post our devotions on Facebook because that's the Christian thing to do. We'll, we'll post that devotion on Facebook. If I told you that there was a day that went by that I probably didn't read the Word, that I didn't open up my Bible, you would be running out of here, wouldn't you? Well, let me go ahead and tell you. There are days that I go and I don't read the Bible. That's it. Well, I'm going straight to hell. because I. But I, can I tell you this? that I'll probably pray for six hours. Mm -hmm. 
I'll talk to daddy. It don't, it, look, it, don't, it don't bother me for you to know that I ain't cracking this open every day and breaking down the Greek and the Hebrew and the Latin. It don't bother me to tell you that because when it's my time to stand before the Father, I've got to be held accountable to what I did and did not do. I don't have to be accountable to you on what I did and did not do. Just like you don't have to be accountable to me. You got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You're going to stand and give answer. So you can read, listen, you can read your Bible all day long, Pharisee, all day long, every day, and go to heaven and get a ticket straight to hell. Just because you're reading your Bible, it, are you getting anything? Because I'm just, God does not want a sleepy church. And if we continue to preach the way that we preach and tell you, you read your Bible every day and you come up here and repeat after me and we do communion on every fifth Sunday and we do, and it all becomes a reputation. I don't care what you tell me that you are. Are you living it out for him? Is he have, does he look down on you and smile? You don't have to worry about me smiling, me, me feeling good about you. Because there's going to be days that you've probably done something extraordinary and I might be in a bad mood, Dawn, and I'm going to look at you and go, okay. <laughs> right? And then you get all distraught and tore. Well, I thought I'd really done so. I mean, we had revival on the corner down in the... He tells the church to wake up. Man, it, it, it took me back to the prodigal son. Just because the prodigal son was in the pig pen doesn't mean that he wasn't <laughs> doesn't mean he wasn't the child of the king. He was still he was still daddy's boy. Yes, he was. He was still he just had to be reminded. And the Bible said that he came to himself. Jesus right now is telling the church, wake up. Come to yourself. Recognize. Remember. Do you remember when you gave your heart to me? Do you remember what it made you do? How it made you feel? And what it caused you to walk out? Do you remember that day? Do you remember that week? Some of us, man, we lasted for a whole month. Just excited. Read the Bible five times in 30 days. We, we called in FMLA. To her work. I can't come in. I found like I'll be there in a month. <laughs> Trying to get paid to sit in the house and read the Bible all day. But the prodigal son had to come to himself. He got an opportunity to repent. And he heard. And he did. The church has an opportunity to repent. Will you hear? And will you do? Tommy, go to Jonah. Y'all, okay, I'm going to jump out of Revelation just for a second. This is Jonah chapter 2. 
Y'all remember the story of Jonah? He was called to Nineveh. He was to go and preach. He was to go and preach a a one-day revival. (laughs) And he decided to drag this thing out and ended up in the belly of a fish. And I would take you to that and and break that down for you, masculine and feminine, but I'm not going to. But there's two different, never mind. And the fish swallowed him up. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up to you and to your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. He put himself before Nineveh. His own self. Remember, we've talked about self being your idol. You are your own idol. That's almost despicable. You place yourself on a higher standard than you place God. That's what Jonah done. Jonah said that when his fainted heart, his soul, when it fainted, he remembered the Lord. Maybe God's trying to tell us today that our heart, that our soul has fainted. What used to drive us doesn't drive us anymore. What drives us is our own worthless idols. And he goes on to say that he forsook. God's mercy. See, I don't know about you. I don't want to give up the mercy of God on my life for something that is temporary fulfilling for today. But I'm afraid the church is doing just that. Man, we can have the right programs for kids, the right lights, the right music. You could could be right about everything and be wrong about God. Woe to the pastors that feed. (laughs) A pureed food. Galatians set me free. (laughs) What set me free? 
So I'm not here to please man. I'm here to please him. And you know, you should be the same way. And I'm not, I'm not trying to judge you and say individually that you aren't doing what you are supposed I'm talking to the church. And then the Bible says, he who has an ear. Wait, if you don't want to hear it, that's fine. Hey, listen, that's fine. I Trust me, I have been offended many times. I'm okay. I'm a big boy. Got a thick skin. I'll be all right. We'll make it. We got a week vacation coming up. Oh, I'm going to make it. <sighs> At least I'm hoping. No, you ain't going. I mean, why are you interrupting preaching? We talking about, we talking about Jesus and she wanting to go on vacation with the pastor and his wife. <laughs> Romans 13, 11. And do this, knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Church, we better wake up. I believe that I serve a purposed God. I don't believe I serve a God that I get to say what I want to say and let Him come in and do what He wants to do with it. I believe that there are seasons, Ecclesiastes says there are seasons for everything. I don't believe that God would be throwing out churches to the letter in such a time that we find ourselves if it's not meant for us. I don't preach out of the book of Revelations often. Very, very little. Because it gets crazy for me and I can get lost up in that thing digging and looking. And when you try to preach it, you, you can lose a lot of people and disturb a lot of people. And I'd rather just hit it when we can hit it. <laughs> And just get you saved first. So if you'll stand with me, well, no, I'm joking. First Thessalonians 5, 5 and 6 says you, okay, this is what I want you to do. Instead of you are, I want you to put I am. Instead of you are all, I want you to put I am a. Instead of you putting you are all sons. I want you to put, I am a son. How many of you know this is personal? You're not, you won't go to heaven just because you went to one church. See, you can, you, can be, you can be on the membership role at one church and not be in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. Are you hearing me? Your membership don't mean diddly squat. When it comes time to stand before daddy. Don't go for it. Listen, do me a favor. 
Don't wave a one church flag when we go to heaven. Just put it in your pocket, okay? Because one church is not worthy. The only flag, the only banner you need to be flying is Jehovah Nisi. Fly that banner for a minute. Because that's the only one that's going to help us. One church flag ain't going to help you. There ain't no First Baptist Church of the Pentecostal holiness of the brethren in First Believed on Baptist Street in Maine. It, that, that ain't going to help nobody. I am a son of light and son of the day. I am not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, I should not sleep as others do. But I should watch and be sober. Wake up, church. Jesus was for real on this church. He he wasn't handing out accommodations. He was spanking tail from the time he walked in the church. I know you were. You might be telling everybody else what you, but I know. And you've made a reputation for yourself that you ain't living up to. You need to wake up. You've gone to sleep. You're dead. You thought you were living, but you're dead. You came to church, you went home, you ate green beans and collards and, and chicken and potato salad. <laughs> and you forgot everything that happened in church. And Jesus is saying, wake up. Be vigilant. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. He said, there's a couple. There might be two or three of you that are walking in white. You ain't tarnished your garments. He said, but what they do have. (laughs) And what do you have left? What's left? In your satchel that you're carrying around, what is left? You ever been to the place where you feel like you, you don't have any more? I just, I don't have any more. I, I can't. I don't have any more. Or we say, all I've got left is, God said, hold on to that. And then he said, even that little that you hold on to, is still dying. Do you understand? Do you know that without Jesus Christ, we are dead in our sins? Jesus is telling a church, you're sinning. 
and we don't get it. Idolatry is a sin. But you celebrate you every day above him. It is a sin. And he said, listen, hear me and repent. Because the overcomers Man, he went back to that white robe again. It, it, was a, it was a white stone, now it's a white robe. He's talking about Jesus' righteousness on you. You will be, it's not that you went to heaven and you made it. it listen, you didn't make it. My mom, what, what's mama say, Tommy? Mama used to say something to Tommy. I'm going to go to heaven before you and I'm going to open up a, Cloud and pull you through or something. I forgot what it was. If I go to heaven before you, I'll open up a cloud and pull you through or something. That's what Jesus is doing. He went to heaven before you. He's going to open up a cloud and pull you through. Because you can't get there without him. Man, you want to talk about some people bragging, man. I just see, I see that day. There's going to be a lot of people bragging on Jesus, man. I, God's probably going to get tired of seeing us. Because we're going to be going, man, your son is banging, man. He is just awesome. He's off the chain. Did you see what he done for us? Robed us in his righteousness. So that we can stand before the Father. And tell him all about his son. See, y'all thought y'all were going to get up there and talk about your life. I don't know why... <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be talking about Jesus. You're going to be telling daddy everything that his boy did. Can you just imagine? If it's possible for God to glow more, I think it's going to happen that day. Because everybody going to keep on and God just going to swell up in himself. Huh? Because that's just who he is. He's all about, you know. His son did it for you. He found us worthy. What? How he find us worthy? You old nasty. And he found you worthy. They said there were seven sayings that Jesus said on the cross. I think there's more than that. Because I think he called each and every name out. It's my story. I'll stick to it. I know he called my name out when he hung. Now you can think what you want to think. I know he called my name out when he hung. Because if he didn't, I wouldn't be here. When he bent over that post, he, was, he called out my name when he bent over that post and was getting beat. He called out my, my name. He said, because daddy, I, I can't have Rocky have. He can't have this disease. He can't have that disease. 
He can't, because I got a call on his life yet. He, you got to, I got to take care of this disease. He can't catch that. He got to stay away from that disease. And then we died on the cross. He said, now, Jesus, now, God, Daddy, remember Rocky. Because he's too ignorant. He don't know what he does. <laughs> remember Rocky. He found me worthy. And the best, the best that I have for him is going to church on a Sunday. That's the best that I have for him that said I was worthy when he died for me. Sunday? Okay, Wednesday, wear your halo. That's the best I got. Two hours out of the week. Maybe three, my watch stops, so they're going to be here longer. Look, my watch stopped. What time does it say? What time does it say right there? It says bedtime. No, it don't either. What time? <laughs> I'll talk to somebody don't lie in church. What time is that? Wow. That's way off. See, you can't even say it. What time does that say? 1030. 10.30. 10.30. See, y'all got plenty of time. Boy, the chicken ain't even in the fire yet. It's 10.30. We got plenty of time. I don't care about none of that. See, that, you know I don't pay no attention. <laughs> Facebook, we love you. Or is this? No, Facebook, you hang on. Sit back, relax a minute. I'm going to stop preaching. Facebook, set still. Really? Okay, all right. Number one. Number one. This is typed. Number two. The word given on June the 4th and told to hold. It's typed. It's not written while I'm preaching. Church, you better wake up. I don't even know what's in here, and I'm telling you, you better wake up. Well, I'm, I'm going to be reading, I'm going to get into it, and it's going to go past you. You lost your ever loving mind. All right. Possess the land. Wake up from your slumber. I'm reading now. This is coming off the paper. Wake up from your slumber. And we just stop. The time has come for you to go in and possess the land no longer
no longer will you be permitted to idly sit back and wait for comfortable conditions to present themselves before you make a move. I sent my son to be the propitiation for your sins. I've given you my word to instruct, guide, and make you aware of my expectations. I have chosen and appointed disciples, prophets, teachers, and pastors to relay my promises and share the secret things that only the elect will have eyes to see and ears to hear. Man, I can preach on this. And mostly importantly, and most importantly, I left my Holy Spirit to comfort you and to endue you with dunamis power to reign victorious in every situation. I have commanded you to not be governed by what you see, to not look at the faces of those who reject me, and to not be afraid. I am with you, I am for you, and that is far more than the world that would attempt to come against you. The activities and behaviors of those who are in this world should be anticipated rather than alarming because I forewarned you that such things would take place. Don't allow the acts of the ungodly to be the compass for the plans that I have for you. I have prepared a feast for you in the presence of your enemies and I have given you the land to occupy with all authority over the power of the enemy. Go in and possess it. Do not fear those who fight against you because their resistance is not against you but me. I am aware of the rebellious state that the ungodly is in. Therefore, I will confuse their plans that they are meant for evil and cause the people to destroy themselves. The traps that have been designed and set against the righteous with the intent to wreak havoc or wreak havoc and cause division in the earth will ultimately backfire on the perpetrators and successfully bring them to their knees. Proverbs 26, 7. Though they form weapons against you, they will not succeed. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment shall be condemned. Isaiah 54, 17. I have chosen the things of the world considered foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And I have chosen things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. 1 Corinthians 1.27 You will not have to fight this battle because this battle is mine and all power belongs to me and if my people which were called by my name should humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. 2 Chronicles 
7.14. Reclaim the treasures that I have given you, but not with the spirit of fear or timidity, but with the power and love and self-control. 2 Timothy 1.7. Do not become concerned when the wicked seem to prosper for their day of reckoning is approaching swiftly. And regardless of the appearance of sinful domination over the earth, every knee shall bow before me. Go in and possess the land. The kingdom of heaven continues to advance violently, and the godly must take it by force. Matthew eleven twelve. Church, are you listening? You know, if you get a handwritten this this morning and give it to me, you know I'd have checked it, right? I'd have just, <laughs> I'd have just shelved it. She knows me well enough. I know her well enough. That's why she was obedient and done what she was supposed to do back in June. 